Hey there, everybody. Welcome to season nine, DJ Breast Cancer. This season, I am highlighting LLS, which is Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. And I have with me a very special guest. Her name is Cheyenne, and she's going to talk to me about her son's journey through leukemia. So welcome, Cheyenne. So good to have you. Hi. Hi. Thanks so maybe for having me. I'm excited on this early Sunday morning to get a chat with you. So um, we, I, I heard your son's story at a um, kickoff meeting for LLS and was just very inspired. Also, too, um, I've never really had a parent, you know, that has had a child going through cancer on my on my show. So I'm, I'm, um, you know, excited and and a little bit like uh, want my listeners to understand from your perspective what it's like to have that. So maybe first, though, tell me a little bit just about you, who you are in general. Um, well, as you said, my name's Cheyenne. I am a single mom of four kids. Um, I am also a nurse and Brayden's journey has actually kind of helped me get through nursing school. Um, so it's been tough, but it's also been a blessing. Yeah, I can imagine. Well, and and I'm sure you're so busy before. <laughs> so thank Absolutely. you. For, thank you for taking time out of your uh, day to to talk to me yeah. here. So, so tell me a little bit about what what caused you to know there was a change in Brayden or something was happening with Brayden to get him checked out. Um, actually, it was a very long journey in the beginning to even finding out what he had. <clears throat> um, his started his symptoms i should say started around three years old um he was having back pain and the back pain slowly started getting worse and i went circles and circles with several of the doctors in fort wayne and i mean we got nowhere and it got to the point where he started losing his milestone so like it started where he couldn't sit for very long without complaining that his back hurt um and then it turned into like he couldn't he couldn't run, he couldn't walk, he couldn't crawl, and it just got to the point where he all he could do was lay there. Mm. Um so the the doctors that we were seeing in Fort Wayne, um, they had a whole list of things that they thought it could be, and basically it got narrowed down to they thought that it was being caused from constipation and he was scheduled to have a surgery done to remove part of his bowel. Um, and when we went that morning to see the surgeon, um, the surgeon was like, this, this is not what he has. Um, and it was kind of at that, that point in my head where I had made the decision to go to Riley because um, during all of this, the doctor that we were seeing was kind of halting me every time I brought up going to Riley. Hmm. So, but just getting him to that appointment that morning to see that surgeon, we had to lay him across the back seat and any type of movement would cause him excruciating pain. Hmm. So like we couldn't put him in a car seat or anything to get him to that appointment. Uh, okay. And for, and for listeners that maybe don't, you know, aren't local here, Riley is in Indianapolis. So it's a little bit larger of a hospital with obviously a focus on children, but I can't even imagine like three years old, you can hardly verbalize like your feelings, like in general. So, you know, yeah. I, obviously you could tell he was in pain, but like, he can't really hardly even tell you like what is happening. So 
So you make a decision then to go to Riley to seek a different, you know, opinion. Um, I, I mean, I can't imagine like how close you were to even having that surgery, which was probably not necessary in, in the long run. Yeah. So, um, so then tell me what they were telling you at, at the Riley hospital. Actually, that was, you know, a whole new experience too. We got down there and in the emergency department, you see um, residents. So fresh out of school, doctors, um, nurse practitioners, and they, they looked at him um, just based on a physical, not, they hadn't done any tests. They didn't do any scans. They just looked at him um, and decided that, she told, or the doctor that was on that night told me pretty much that it was all in his head. Um, oh my goodness. At three years old, that it, it was all in his head and that we should go back home and seek a therapist. And me knowing that something was wrong and it had been, you know, almost a year of circling with the doctors, I kind of lost my cool at that point. Mm -hmm. And we, we brought in the, the head of the emergency department that night and um, a lot of like social services and just everybody was compacted in this little room. And I'm telling them like, there's something wrong with him. I do not want to go home. This is not in his head. He's three years old. And um, the head doctor that night kind of did her evaluation of him or her assessment. And she was like, no, 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 you're right. He's losing milestones. We're going to go ahead and keep him for observation. And within 24 hours, they had done um, an extensive MRI, which they had done two or three of those prior to us going to Riley in Fort Wayne, mm -hmm. all that they said had come back normal. Um, but they did an extensive one at Riley Children's Hospital, and they seen that all of the vertebrae in Braden's back had collapsed onto each other, oh. um, causing compression fracture in his L4. And that, so like his, it was determined his pain was legit, legitimate. Um, there was something going on. And so they went, this all happened in like a 24 hour period from the time we arrived at Riley to the time that he was diagnosed. Um, they did a MRI. And then after that MRI, seeing that his vertebrae had collapsed, they decided to do a bone marrow biopsy. And it was after they did that bone marrow biopsy that they found um, the leukemia. Okay. So then I, I mean, I, okay. One, I can't even imagine being in your position, but you are such an advocate obviously for him. Like even in those early days, like you could sense like he needs an advocate and if it's not going to be the medical community, I'm going to be that voice and that advocate for him. So kudos to you for like, you know, listening to your gut, whatever you, you know, whether it's God, whether it's your gut, whether it's anything that was mm -hmm. like making you stand in there and say, no, like there's something wrong. But was there a sense of relief mixed with then fear at what you were facing next or, or what was kind of your next challenge from there? Um, it was kind of a little bit of both. I was lucky to not be by myself mm -hmm. when I was at Riley. I had Brayden's grandma with me and she has just been such a blessing along this journey. Um, when the doctor came in and told me that it was leukemia, it, it was kind of like, the only way I can really describe it is everything around me went quiet and all I could hear was like a static sound and everything slowed down. 
and it it, it kind of just crashed into me mm. that oh my gosh you know at the time I didn't know anything about leukemia so all I all I heard was the word cancer and it kind of dropped me to my knees and there for a good half hour I just sat in silence trying to figure out okay what's our next move yes we have answers now but I fought so hard for these answers but at the same time I don't know it was kind of heart obviously it was heartbreaking yeah yeah. Um, but uh, the doctors at Riley were very, very good um, with how they broke the news and the steps that needed to be taken um, going forward. But it was very, very hard on me mm-hmm. and the rest of the family as well. What was it like sharing that news, even with like his siblings? Um, they were so young at the time, they didn't really understand. But like when I told his grandma, she mm-hmm. wasn't in the room when when it was the message was delivered. Okay. Um, or when the diagnosis was given. But it, it was heartbreaking. But as you said, at the same time, it was a relief. Okay, we've been dealing with this for over a year now, we know what's causing it. Um, so let's, let's, figure out what we're going to do to fix it. Yeah. And I do from there. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, I think you do go from like this shock denial almost into just power action mode. You know, I mean, that's at least what I witnessed within myself. And yeah, and it's, it's, it's crazy. Like, you know, obviously with, with your son and that news and how you feel, I mean, it brings me back to my own experience too. And, and, the the visceral like feelings that you get, you know, like I totally can, can relate to it where it just feels like everything stops. The whole world just stops for a while and you're just racing yourself for that impact. So, so let's maybe talk next, you know, you go into kind of this, you know, action mode. What, Mm -hmm. what was his treatment plan and, and like how long of a time span did that, um, occur over? Um, with, I would say within the first 48 hours, they, they had his, um, port placed and they, which the port is like, um, a device that goes into his chest and all of his chemo treatments go through that. They had all of that done within 48 hours and chemo going. Um, so I, I, it was hard. Um, I'm sorry. I kind of got distracted there. Can you repeat that question? Yeah. Yeah. Just from here on out action mode, kind of like, I I know leukemia can be a long battle too. Like, it's not just like something easily, easily that happens. Um, so you get kind of starting with chemo. These are all happening too. like close to probably two hours of a drive to from your home. Right. So even logistics wise, like that's quite a challenge for you to, to be that you have other kids till at home. Um, You're a single Mm -hmm. mom that's trying to take on all this yourself. So what, what kind of did that time span look like of, of his, of his journey Um, and maybe some of the, you know, milestones or, you know, hardships along the way. He, so when, after he had his port placed, he had, um, 
we let the rest of the family know and we got his at the time he only had one sibling which would be his younger brother Jaden so we got everything figured out that he would stay with grandpa um grandma was staying at Riley with me he the treatment for his type of leukemia um is I'm sorry this is really hard for me I'm trying not to cry oh that's okay <laughs> Um, he, he went into remission within the first 30 days, Mm -hmm. which, um, those first 30 days, I think out of all of it was the hardest, Mm -hmm. but even though he was in remission, he had to continue on treatment for three and a half years. Um, little boys carry it, um, in their, in their, in their little boy parts longer Mm -hmm. than, than girls do. Wow. So, I mean, it, it consisted of spinal taps and multiple chemo um, treatments. He didn't have to do radiation, um, but multiple chemo treatments, spinal taps um, once a month. I mean, it was it was a long journey, but I was very lucky to have kind of a village in my corner between mm-hmm. family and friends. I Yes, I can't even imagine. So I'm sure as a parent, that's really hard, you know, to, to watch your kid go through, you know, spinal taps and, and the chemo, which I can say as an adult is no fun, but, you know, as, as a parent, yeah. I'm sure you just want to take that from him and take that pain from him. Um, mm-hmm. you talk a little bit about your village and your support. Um, you know, what, what kind of support is needed for, for someone, you know, that is having a child go through cancer? Like what, what are some things that, helped you through that hard time um grandma and grandpa were amazing throughout everything and even now um if I needed you know a break to step away for a minute grandma was there right away she she was at bedside all the time um whether it be just sitting with him while he slept or playing games with him building racetracks throughout the room um she was an absolute blessing and me being as young as I was when he was diagnosed, I was just, you know, I didn't, I was going through a lot at that time also um, mm-hmm. with dad and, and just in general schooling, dad, uh, grandma was there whenever I needed anything. And grandpa, the same with the younger brother, um, you know, we all kind of jumped into motion and figured out, we all did our own little research on trying to figure out what caused this, how he ended up getting it, you know, all the way across the board. Mm-hmm. And we all came together as, as a family or a village and we just took it day by day. Yeah, that's beautiful. I mean, you really did have this perfect storm of everything hitting you, I'm sure all at once, you know, from... Mm-hmm from a child going through cancer, you're trying to be a nurse, um, to a relationship, you know, with, with his dad, um, mm-hmm. falling, falling apart. I mean, I, I can't even imagine all that you are going through. Um, you're such a testimony for like this grit and grace, you know, to get there. And mm-hmm. I remember seeing, you know, his, I'm sure it was your dad at this LLS event too, where he's like Braden's grandpa, you know, on the, on the shirt. Was that, was he the one wearing that t-shirt that night? Yeah, that was actually, so grandma and grandpa are dad's mom and stepdad. Okay. Um, 
my mom um, lives in in North Carolina, and my dad passed away when I was young. Okay, but they they are kind of we. I've known them since I was thirteen years old, and they've kind of filled in those roles um, as as mom and dad for me. Yeah, it was so cute to see them being such a champion for him. So your mom mm-hmm. like took time from even from North Carolina and came up to be with you then. Uh, yeah, at the, t- well, I guess I should say she recently moved to North Carolina. So okay. she, she had a lot of her, her things going on, but she came up as often as possible. Yeah. To, to be with yeah. us and, and spend time with Brayden as well. Oh, that's so good. Like I could just see the love, you know, even at that meeting of, you know, how, mm-hmm. how fiercely, <laughs> you know, fiercely in love they are with him. Um, so talk to me about today. Maybe that's, you know, a little easier to talk to. Um, mm-hmm. but just kind of where, where is he at now? What, what did the doctors kind of say? Um, you know, what, what kind of, um, what surprises or what, you know, miracles have you seen along the way? Um, looking at Brayden now, you would, you would never know that he has gone through everything that he has. Um, he, he's such a fighter and he, he's got such a wonderful personality. Um, he, I would say the only thing now that, that bothers him throughout all of this is just that, that back injury that occurred in the very beginning, Mm. um, can cause him issues today. They said they're not really looking for it to get better. They're looking for it to get worse. And if need be down the road, then there's, um, surgeries and things that they could do for him to help him. But really the only thing that I can see is when he runs, when Mm -hmm. he tries to run, it's not the same as, you know, his brother or his sisters. There's, there's kind of a misstep as he runs. But aside from that, you would never know that he's been through what he has. Mm -hmm. He's such a strong little boy. Yeah. What is it like for him to share his story um, or to be part of, you know, LLS or, or helping with campaigns. What is, what is it like for you as a family to, to do that now? I think it it gives him a, I don't want to say a sense of pride, but it, it shows him that it wasn't just all negative and bad. Like he can be a story for somebody else that might be going through it now. Um, at, as oh, what's the word I'm looking for as, I don't want to say an idol, but he's, he feels very good about what he's doing um, and being able to be a part of this and be a, a good, I don't, I don't really even know how to word it. <laughs> um, I think he's just very happy that he can help in any way that he can, whether it be with his story or his time. Um, I'm lost. I'm lost. I can't hear you anymore. Okay. There we go. I can hear you now. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Oops. Can you hear me? Yep. Now I can. Okay. Mm, crazy. Um, yeah, I think they've dubbed them even as heroes within LLS, which is, you know, I'm, you know, every, every kid wants to be a superhero. Right. <laughs> so, right yeah. so I think that that's amazing. And, you know, he is, he's like this ambassador for, you know, for good and what can come from it. So 
kudos to you and your family and, you know, kudos to Brent, to Brayden for all that he's been through. I mean, I think it's so, it's so important, um, to keep giving back. And so I think that that's amazing. So is there anything else from like a parent perspective that you want to share, um, you know, what it's like maybe now on, on this side of, of the cancer journey? Um, I, just that I think it's really important that if you're going through something like this, don't try to take it all on alone. Yeah. Um, if you've got people that are willing to, to stand with you and be a part of it and help in any way that they can, I think it's really important to allow that, um, to, to happen mm-hmm. and not to try to take it all on by yourself Yeah, because it quickly becomes overwhelming. Yeah. So I always ask every guest for a Tina tip or a word of advice, and maybe that is your Tina tip. Um, mm-hmm. But what, what would be some advice maybe to a parent that's about to embark on this cancer journey? What would be something that you would share with them? Um, again, just try to, if you've got somebody there that can walk alongside you in the journey, maybe not being a part of the everyday aspect of it, but even just somebody that you can call and kind of vent to, I think it's very important that you have that. Um, Because as I said, it can very quickly become overwhelming and you want to try to be the best that you can be for, you know, your child as you're, as you're going through this. Yeah. And you've said like, now you're a nurse and now you're like in the medical field. How did Braden's journey help you you know, to be, to be a better nurse, to be a better advocate for patients. Um, how, how did that experience help you? Um, I think just with all of it, it, it zoned me in on making sure I'm, I'm paying absolute attention to every little detail, um, mm-hmm. because something as simple as, you know, back pain ended up being, a cancer diagnosis. And had, had I not pushed to advocate for him as hard as I did, um, who knows where it would have went or how long it would have taken before they found it. So I kind of try to incorporate that into my day-to-day work, um, making sure I'm listening to every little detail and, and kind of writing everything down and presenting it all when I, with each day that I go to work with each person that I work with, um, I kind of make it. I, I think that that's beautiful. Like not only are you now an advocate for your son as you've been, but you're an advocate for this whole, you know, every patient that comes through your, through your way. So mm-hmm. um, as a cancer survivor, I say, thank you. Cause you know, there are times where I go to doctor's appointments and, you know, a doctor hasn't read the fully chart or even know that I was yeah. a cancer survivor. And it's really frustrating me to me. So, you know, I do just say thank you for using that experience and putting it towards good. So is there anything else you want to share or to tell the listeners um, just about your journey, your son, anything else that you want to share today? Um, I don't, I don't think so. Just make sure you take it one day at a time. Yeah, I think that that's really impactful. Thank you so much, Cheyenne. I know this was probably not easy for you, but I really do appreciate you coming on, uh, being vulnerable, talking about your son and how amazing he is. And, you know, just knowing that one day at a time led to where you're at today. And so I just say thank you from the bottom of my heart. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me. Thank you.